alternatives that have gained strength and power to pull you away from the very thing that you want to do. So if I want to get outside and run, the the power of um, being with my significant other or taking time to prepare food or um, watching television or Netflix um, will, if that's been the habit over time, that's going to pull you away. So it's discerning between those instances. So when this person's asking like, how does the mind, what happens when the mind wants to create an excuse? Well, you really need to be present and, and, and aware in that moment of like asking yourself, is this true? So yes, it's really hard to get out. I'm really tired. I'm really fatigued. It's been a long day. I'm pissed off um, about something. The last thing I want to do is go outside. Sit there with that. Sit there for a moment in a breath. Take a deep breath. Interrupt the process. And if getting outside and moving the body, running, activity, cycling, whatever it is, if it, if it, if you're finding that the connection of it, the the result of it is what brings you joy, you must get out there and pursue that. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the show. It's Justin Beach, and we're here for our monthly show, which is now called The O Show. <laughs> said that like a The old, O Show. Like an old time New Yorker. The O Show. Welcome to The O Show. So, why do you like the name O Show? Well, because it's short, and I like abbreviations of things like the O and H. Um, but uh, I think what, what the O and H means is pretty much where we want to dive and where we have been diving in, in these conversations. And so O-H stands for open and honest. Yes. So we got I got a Facebook message from uh, one of our listeners, Jamie Roberts, friend of Yogi Triathlete who is now sporting her new trucker hat for giving us the new name. And she had, she was like, I'm a little late to the party, but she gave me this whole list of possible names. And there was a, there was several on there that were like, oh my God, that's really good. Oh my God, that's really good. And then when we saw the open and honest, um, Clark, like he has to walk over the wires, the laptop, by the coffee, by my water, which doesn't have a cover on it. <sighs> so when we came across open and honest on the list, it was like a perfect match for the theme in our life. And I find that we keep, as I'm working with people one-on-one, as you and I are talking with people, as we're working with athletes, as we're talking to guests, as we're talking to each other, it's like there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide. Like, like let's just live a truthful, non-harming life. The first two yamas um, or the tenets for living uh, based on the science of yoga. And I just love it. Like, I just want to live a truthful, non-harming life. And um, so I loved Open and Honest. It's It kind of scared me, you know? But I think after last month of revealing my high LDL number, that I'm okay. I'm Like, I'm okay to be open and honest for reals. I also like it because it's the O Show, and if you've ever seen the movie Office Space, 
Um, you know, the guy in there who's just uh, dying to show everyone his O face. So I like that swing on it. And then also Osho was uh, an Indian godman or mystic who is quite controversial. Um, and I've read for my yoga teacher training back in 2013, we one of our assigned readings was Yoga, the Science of the Soul, which was written by Osho. And it was like, it's pretty hardcore. He is, I can absolutely see why he ruffled many, many feathers. He's really no nonsense. But when you read these sages and mystics, like they're no nonsense, you know? Um, so I love it. I, I love, I love it. So this is the Osho. And enough with the confusion about YTs and YT and the YT show, YT, um, the ask the YT, ask YT. Like it never really flowed really well. It never flowed well. And it always, I don't know, there's something about it that, yeah, it just didn't flow well. So that's gone. Now we're the Osho. Yeah, Osho. I so love it. So let us it. know what you think. Yeah. Open and honest. I think you're going to like it. I think. I think. I think you're all going to agree. That's think, a great name. I think it's just going to roll. I, 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 I have a little hesitation too at first, but it's like we. This is what we do. We share our lives. We share our perspectives, um, and the raw honesty. I think is where. It's just where. We feel most comfortable where we're speaking from our heart, where we're speaking from what our experiences are without any candy coating it. You know, I, I really feel um, open and honest is, is describes everything that we do. Yeah, I do too. And if I... Naturally. If my intention is to live a, non-harm, a non-harming, truthful life, well, having a monthly show called Open and Honest is probably a great way for me to continue to step up to that. So we will be honest we will be kind, we will be open-hearted, because that's really where you want your truth to flow from. You want it to flow from open-heartedness and kindness and compassion. Uh, Because there's the other truth, which is just like straight up, direct, and it can be super harsh. And truthfulness, admittedly, was never my issue. Um, although I did lie a lot. Oh man, I was a really good liar. But um, I was really direct. And, and that also was very harsh and it harmed a lot of people in my path. And so I don't want to do that anymore. Well, truthfulness can be pretty blatantly um, honest, right? Truthfulness can be like something you don't really want to hear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. You, you serve that purpose of actually just delivering what actually um, needs to be said. But I find that I deliver... Or is it your delivery of yeah. your honesty? Yeah, yeah, the delivery. And I find that the delivery is like the questions that I can ask. Like I'm just thinking about the athletes that I work with one-on-one. Like we go pretty deep and um, we get really honest and I call them to that honesty. But I feel like the way that I am able to deliver the questions now, yeah, they're really, they're really a call to honesty, but because they're coming from a less constricted heart um, than I had, you know, 20 years ago, that they come through in a way where they're safe. 
like they're safe to answer. And when we deliver the truth through, you know, harshness or um, with a constricted heart or something like that, um, it's not safe. Well, I feel like a, a feeling like that would come from pushing an agenda or, or some sort of, um, it has to be this way. And that's, that's where the message comes across versus like, if you're just sharing your perspective, your, your insight, and it's always coming from a place of love, then there shouldn't be any really hard feelings on your end. I'm talking from your, from your realm. But if yeah. you're trying to push something like you're, you're, you've got that little poking, like this is really what I, the message I want to get to you, mm. um, and you better listen. Um, I feel like there, there can be some attachment to that, <laughs> maybe some mm, ickiness inside. I don't know. I think you've always had a very kind heart, and I don't. I mean, I've seen your heart constricted. Like I, I knew you from from day one of this relationship, and. Um, but I think overall, you just have a really kind heart. You always have. You've had a kindness about you. So, um, so I have experienced <laughs> not having such a kind heart sometimes. <laughs> okay. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, people are going to get it. They're yeah. going to get it. For they're going to be like, oh yeah, I know what she's saying. Or they're going to be like, no, I totally know what he's saying. Yeah. So it, you'll either know. Where you are, were you kind-hearted or have you experienced truthfulness through a closed heart where you're just like, <laughs> let me tell you what I think of you. <laughs> All right, so the Osho, welcome. Psyched to be here. It's March 2021. And uh, yeah, we, uh, I'm getting ready to go to Costa Rica. We talked about that in the last podcast, getting excited about that. Um booking up some travel insurance. And yeah, there's a couple little pieces of red tape that I need to, to take care of um, because of the ways of the world. And, you know, we just take care of those things with neutrality. You play the game. And uh, I'm looking forward to being on retreat with our guests. Yeah, and when's, that's in four weeks, five weeks? Yeah, just about four weeks. Okay. Yep. April 10th to the 17th. So we still have a couple rooms left if you're interested in joining. And um, flights still seem to be really reasonable. And um, so, yeah, you can check out the last podcast or go to the link in my bio on Instagram if you want more of that. Um, all right, let's. So, last month we had our big confessionals about our blood work. And so, let's bring everybody up to date on the changes. What changes have you? Made because your big things were what white blood cells, what white blood cells is pretty much the major thing, major low um, for me. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, I, all about citrus. I think my mornings start with citrus now, um, and this is the this is the attitude of of an athlete, right? They go all in, like most high producing athletes do they like dive right in so yeah i mean i can go all citrus all the time pull it um what is it um who is the fruitarian guy who just trained on fruits all the time michael arnstein arnstein yeah but um but no my mornings have started just with a grapefruit or orange and we have more citrus in the house and actually we got an amazing delivery um from eleanor thank you eleanor my gosh such a beautiful soul 
so many things have been happening like that. Like we're like, oh, we want more citrus. And then all of a sudden a crate of oranges and grapefruit show up on the door. Like I was thinking, oh my gosh, I need sage. And I go to get the mail and my friend Valerie sent me this gorgeous, like the most beautiful sage I've ever seen wrapped in rose petals with like dried flowers. So it's like, as you align you get what you need in the exact right time or what you desire, but you it always, it's like way better. It's way better. And, you know, that's really, I think, man, it all comes down to faith. Trust. Yeah. And belief. Okay. So let's get back so, to your so, dietary. Yeah. So, I mean, grapefruit, I was like all about grapefruit and then I, I had a few oranges, but this delivery that came had both grapefruit and oranges. <laughs> so yeah, talk about the universe providing. Uh, and and I, it's just a reminder. Like, why did I get away from this? I used to eat grapefruit all the time in Newport. I remember packing up my jars for the day, jars of. So is is citrus something for citrus white blood is great? Cell? Yeah, it's good for building um, building that up in the body for sure. Yeah. Why is it the vitamin? Red peppers are another one. I don't know. Red don't peppers know are also high in vitamin C, I believe. I wonder if it's a vitamin C thing. So I've been at the grocery market because I do most of the shopping and I get in my patterns of yes. of getting the same things. But now it's like, okay, I'll grab a red pepper. And it's and I notice it's like, okay, well now I need to grab like, I should get five red peppers. So I have it. No, it's like grab one red pepper. Start with a little bit of something, adding it back into your diet. Grapefruit. If I'm at the grocery market, I'll grab one or maybe two. Uh, and someone would say, that's only going to cover two days. But I'll fill in the rest. It, it's a habit that you build, and it's about uh, small changes over a long period of time that are going to benefit you the most. And so, if you can have that patience and perspective, uh, the, uh, what happens inside will take care of itself. And just get what you need. Yeah. So then there's the just, hoarding yeah, uh, aspect just, of things. Just like, get what you need. <laughs> just get what you need in that Nobody moment. Nobody needs 48 right. rolls of toilet paper. You just don't need 48 rolls of toilet really paper. Really only need like, three squares But to we're start. so conditioned to be like, but if I buy 48 as opposed to four, then I'm going to get a better deal. And don't forget, you guys, that's a lack mindset. There's always, no lack in this universe none. unless we believe there to be. So citrus has been a big focus. Uh, red peppers have been a big focus. And really that has changed the way that we eat our meals uh, as of late too, or at least for me, it's it's been more uh, vegetable, uh, I'd say roasted vegetable based. I mean, we were roasting vegetables three or four nights a week and just putting it on top of farro, brown rice, or barley. Uh, and eliminating the uh, oil, the sauces that have oil in them, and, and really just having, you know, nutritional yeast or um, the amino uh, Bragg's amino. It's been really refreshing, I'll say, to switch it up and add some things into my diet that uh, that I haven't. Oh, also. Speaking of that, mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms, which I'm not a mushroom person. But I will do it for the health of my body. And the way that we're adding it into our meals, it's I'm not really tasting. Yeah, so are you up. not a mushroom person or is that just something that you say? I don't know. I guess I would have to eat a full mushroom sandwich to see if it's the actual mushroom. <laughs> Why? Why would you have to do that? To <laughs> Because I think it's the way it's laid out or consistency uh, of the texture of the, of the food. But you're enjoying it the way it's coming in. Yep. 
So why do you need to eat a mushroom sandwich? Because you challenged <laughs> me to see if it would if it if it's all mushrooms and all um, in all forms. So in this no, form, I just in said, this instance, are you sure you're not a mushroom person or something like that? I don't know. Maybe I, I am. To... I just would choose probably something else than mushrooms. But in this instance, shiitakes are you know supposed to help me um, in my white blood cell count as well as herbs, which I'm drinking right now. Which Dr. Alex, um, my acupuncturist here in Carlsbad, has been working with me. I was going once a week. Uh, or actually twice a week when when this started, um, but now it's every other week. And she's really helping me create energy in my body, just moving things around. And not to jump topics, but it was it's been really like uh, energetically like mind blowing when she does the energy work after the needles are in, and you know she'll be holding my head and that energy in the head and. She'll work her way around the body. And even though she's working her way around, I still feel those hands on my skull. So I'm like, how is she down at my feet now when I can still feel my head? And after she does it around, she always um, shares with me after that, you know, the energy is totally shifted. You know, whereas at first it maybe was shaking. Like you could feel the vibration when you come back around, you're more calm. And so it's the calm, it's the balancing of the energy. It's the... It's the practice of acupuncture. Um, and how's your sleep? Sleep is improving. For sure, it's on the upswing. Whereas before, I would really be restless due to the sensation in my body. Um, it's now I'm getting a good solid five, six hours before I, I wake up and have to, have to twist and turn a little bit. Um, and the sensation in the body is on a scale of one to 10, if it was an eight, it's now like a one if if not gone. So yeah, really important um, things I've changed, I feel, in my, in my diet. Because in my the awareness. sleep is important for the white blood cell production. Because right. it says your body's in stress. It says that there's a heightened uh, But what was your cortisol level? Was that high? I feel like maybe your cortisol was a little high. Cortisol might have been high or I was think it, it was high because we were talking about that. Like, of course it's high. Your body's trying to heal. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see those, that blood work and yeah. uh, the changes that have, you know, so three week, three months we're going to do it, so um, which would be uh, beginning of May. So you can decide if you want to do it after you recover from St. George or in taper prior to St. George. Hmm. Yeah. How about you? What changes have you made? So oil. Huge change. Um, and like I said, when we were on the podcast with Rip, he was like, what's going to be so hard about this? And I was like, nothing. Like, there's nothing hard about not having oil. There's nothing hard about it. So we're not cooking with oil at all anymore. Um, I did find a tahini herb sauce from Trader Joe's, which I really love. And the only oil in that, there's no added oil except for tahini itself is ground sesame seeds. So you're going to have the oil from the sesame seeds. Uh, and I've been using that, but I've been a lot more mindful about the quantities. And uh, what else? So the oil has been significantly reduced. It's not completely gone because we're having some of that sprouted organic hummus every now and again. Which is uh, the best hummus Oh ever. my God, it's so good. I can't, I don't even know who makes it. It's called like Majestic something. Um 
I think it's local here. It's so amazing. So the oil, I think, is going to be massive. The other thing we've been doing is fasting. So we've been we've done how many three fasts? We've done three, three twenty-four three, yeah. hour fasts. So in the past three weeks, and this this started right after the podcast with Holly. So we did an interview with Holly Scotus on Wednesday, and Friday was our first day of fasting. And then we realized that Sunday is a much better day for us to fast because Monday. Sunday Sundays are be, are a better day for us to start fasting because Monday typically tends to be like a lower key day for us all around. I don't put appointments on my calendar on Monday. We usually do a swim, like it's gentle workouts, it's getting the podcast done and then really it's it's a light day overall. So that's been good. We've been doing that. But then after talking with Meditator Bob and you know reading a little bit more about fasting, like what he does is he really does that 16-8 where he's not, he's fasting every single day. He's not eating for about 16 or so hours. And then you condense your eating into eight hours. And I feel like we just started doing that like two nights ago. This is like our second day. Um and um I really feel like if we nail that as kind of like a piece of our lifestyle, which again, is not going to be hard. None of this is hard. None of this is hard when you're, I think when you're awake and you're mindful um, and your goal is higher states of health and consciousness. I don't know if we're going to need the 24-hour fast. The 24-hour fast is like not a challenge for me at all. It really isn't. I have, the other day I had some impulses to eat but for the most part, like I'm not hungry. We have, I have, I have been doing. I won't speak for you, but I have been doing like what Holly did. Is anytime you do feel an impulse to eat or hunger, shift your focus somewhere else. Um, and I have been doing that. So the oil, the fasting. I think that's really the two big changes I've made in in effort to lower this LDL, which I feel like is already a non-issue. Why do also, I feel like there's something else? Why well, do I feel like there's something this else? This isn't as prominent, but the tea that we've been making, like this big thermos of tea every day that's already like brewing, so we, we don't have to heat the water. I feel like that's make, just like time efficiency, right? Yeah, like We're just getting thing. like more efficient. Yeah, and it's a turmeric ginger tea. Mm -hmm. most often with maybe some added um, cayenne pepper. Oh, we've also been taking um, from Goo Energy, we've been taking their magnesium pills, which actually also include like vitamin D and vitamin D was surprising for how much I'm out in the sun. Vitamin D was a little low on me and B12. I've also been taking B12, which was a little bit low. None of these were at risk, but they had dropped. So um, yeah, so we'll see. You know, we you did make me a birthday cake, which was an oil-free birthday cake. But what I didn't realize was that it was it was also very processed because it was white sugar and white flour, which I uh, didn't realize until after the first morning when I was completely hungover from it. But then we got really good frosting from Fraser Farms, which was absolutely not oil-free. I'm sure that had a ton of vegan butter in it, and that was really really. Can we just have like a moment of silence for the birthday cake? Mm. I was hungover for five days after that cake. It was so good, but like my body continues to show me that it has a very low tolerance for stuff that's not pure. Was, I think that's a good sign. It was white cake with white frosting. Oh. Double layer. 
uh, it was just, it was so good. So in these instances, we just talked about this on my live with the team this morning about if you're going to have it, like enjoy it. And like, don't beat yourself up for having it. Like, truly indulge in it. Fork when you're like cutting it, and like, you know, don't just like house it. Be mindful. Savor it. it. Um, Yeah. So I feel like those are good changes. I mean, I feel like I feel like there's something else, and if it comes, it'll come. But um, yeah, I mean, no oil has been no problem. Well, how about eating? (laughs) How about our eating at night? Like trying to. Increase trying to eat earlier. Yeah, so along with the sixteen eight is eating earlier, like really getting our food in three to four hours before we go to bed. We always joke. I always joke about the retirement center here in Carlsbad. Yeah, like, like we can almost am, get in there. It's an amazing facility. I don't think we have the income from but, that place. But yet, they probably though. eat like George's, like Jerry Seinfeld's parents at like four thirty five. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but that's our goal. Our goal is to eat by six p.m. Yeah, so we're switching up the routine a little bit, and there's no hard lines. Like, we're not hardline people. And so we've got intentions. Our intention is my intention is to raise my consciousness above all laws of nature. Okay? That means that I want to raise my consciousness higher than any of the miracles in this world. So that's. That's my goal. And whatever I can do along the way to reach higher states of physical health um, and raise my consciousness, I'm going to do those things, but I'm not going to put myself in a box. So we stay in flow every day. Every day is new. Every day is new. Every moment is new. And just staying in flow with that and, and staying focused on the big goal. And then everything along the way are just little... Just little experiences. Like life is just a series of experiences and moments. That's it. Yeah, I, I think you can get caught up in the details. Yeah, it's just lifestyle changes, positive lifestyle changes. And I think, you know, some people do need that. Like, I'm going to get up every day, but just watch when we're putting well, ourselves in a box. More often than not, I see when, when you stick to the hard lines of how change needs to happen. Most often, when you do these challenges, you do the challenge, and then you then the challenge doesn't really have any lingering effect. Yeah, I'm more interested in getting underneath what it is that makes us feel like we need to do these things to jumpstart a change. What is it that's holding us back from making the change we want to make? That's kind of where I want to go with my in my own process. What is it? Like, what do I need to believe in order to say that I need this like hard line of getting up at a certain time every single day. What is that? And I think that that helps me get to the source, which helps to keep me in flow because every, every day is different. Like I, and I just think positive lifestyle is positive lifestyle. And the more that you get that, the more add-ons as opposed to takeaways, right? Like the add-ons, the add-on of the the fasting experience. I love the fasting experience. I love watching the impulses of the mind. I love um, how I was really surprised at one of the things I, I have realized from fasting, which I did not even think would be something that I would realize, which is it humbles me. It humbles me that I get to choose not to eat. That's really like, that's, I feel like I've hit a level of humility around 
that, that I get to choose not to eat. I think that that's amazing. And I don't think that it's luck and I don't see it as privilege. I see it as the alignment of who I am in this life. And that's all it is. What about you? Anything surprising from the fasting? Yeah, how much time I have during the day Mm. because you're not preparing for food, eating food, cleaning up your food. Um, You're thinking about it occasionally, but I feel like we have more time. And uh, and for me personally, I feel the habits that uh, I've built. So the habit of wandering into the kitchen you know, 50 times a day, looking in the cabinets or fridge to snack on something. And not that that's wrong, but again, it just, it, it presents opportunity to notice your habits. And if that's all that comes of this thing is just more mindfulness and presence and awareness, then I treat that as successful. Mm. Um, and I love that um, we took he- uh, Heidi, we took Holly's recommendation of hiking. So we hike, we've been hiking right. on Monday during the fast, which I love. So it's like hour 22 and a half and we're out on the trail and the sun's starting to go low and um, you know you're getting close to eating, but it's like just be here now. I love the mind game of it. And then the physical benefits are just a bonus. I like the hiking at the end of it because I'm not obligated to hit a certain pace or go a certain mileage or have a certain goal in in mind. It's literally just to go out into be in nature and walk. And we stop sometimes and just watch hawks fly by, which has been, we, we've been hitting it at the perfect time where they're hunting for food and they'll be hovering like around us in the fields because we're walking by these amazing um, open fields sometimes. And it's so green out there right now because we've we've had quite a bit of rain and these birds, one of them was just looked so huge. Um, and the other thing is just, uh, again, just appreciating nature and the, and the natural flow of things and the birds just gliding on the wind and, and how they just can direct with just one tilt of their body and just float to a completely opposite side of, of this, um, the hiking trails that we, that we explore. It's been, it's been really refreshing. And then we come back home and make the most delicious Ayurvedic kitchery dish, um, with our own twist on it. And, And it's so fulfilling. Um, and it just puts a really, puts a really stamp on the day that we, the 24 hours that we've just completed. But because it's a Monday, it's like we've got this whole week ahead to, to use this um, awareness and just love of, of life um, in our activities that we, that we approach throughout the rest of the week. Like we're, like we're grateful that we get to do these things. We have an appreciation. Yeah. You know, it was interesting when we were watching the hawks hunt on Monday. I was like, wow, look at how look at how much they need to do to eat. Like, look at how much work it is for them. And again, another humbling experience as human beings, we are the highly most highly evolved beings on this earth. And 
we are the only beings that have free will, you know, that we can choose. And, you know, how many times are people like, I don't have time to make dinner. This is such a pain. Or, you know, like, why do I always have to do it? And it's like, just watch a hawk. Like, watch how much patience and precision and, um, and time it takes for them you know, but because they don't have free will, they don't have the eye center of the brain. They're just in it. They're not fighting themselves like we fight ourselves. And, um, and I thought that that was another, that was another one of those like moments of humility, like, wow, I get to go home and pull out the organic broccolini and, you know, whatever else we're putting in the kitchery. But I'll talk about the kitchery. Um, so kitchery is an Ayurvedic meal. It's a balancing meal. And it is a combination of basmati rice and mung dal. And then it's, um, we bought from Inner Flame, innerflame.com, we bought their kitchery spice mix. Otherwise, you can just buy the spices individually. Oh my gosh, they're so yummy. And then, um, so typically you just eat, eat the kitchery as is, but we put a bunch of other stuff in it. We've put um, purple sweet potatoes. We put beans, legumes, um, and then fresh vegetables, broccolini, uh, zucchini, squash, and uh, and then I pour the kitchery mix on top of all of those things. So I've been sautéing them dry, and I turn it up super high. So I sauté I sauté the vegetables in a dry pan for probably I don't know on medium for I don't know maybe like five or seven minutes. And then I crank it up to high and I get them nice and hot. And then I pour a little bit of water and everything steams. And it's like gorgeous. The colors come out. And then I pour the kitchery on top and mix it all together. And that's been our break fast meal. And then also I say a little silent prayer over my meal um, in recognition that I get to break my fast. And then I just feel like I've been eating that meal really mindfully. So, so many benefits, like the physical benefits are like secondary to this fasting experience that we've had. It's definitely been more spiritual. Yeah, completely. 1000% agree. Yeah, it's been really cool. All right, let's keep moving on. Uh, We have a couple questions. And let's dive into those since okay. we're already like almost halfway through. Okay. I've Great. got the questions. You sent let's them to it. me. I did. <laughs> Clark is all wrapped laughing, up in the wires over laughing here. Laughing at Clark. He literally has like Mike wires wrapped around his leg. And I'm sure that they don't do this at other high production but it's funny podcast shows. He's got the bed over on this side, the completely comf- comfort on this side, <laughs> but he chooses to be on top of on wires. This side. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, question number one, can we chat motivation? At times I struggle to get my training in due to my schedule, being tired, blah, blah, blah. I know for me, I just have to force myself out the door and everything will fall into place. It has taken me a long time to get to this point, getting out the door and not making excuses, but the struggle is real sometimes. Just want some perspective thoughts on this. How do you deal saying go when your brain is trying to make excuses for you. Hmm. Let you have at at that first. I just feel so inspired by Tim DeBoom's podcasts and his Oh yeah, and that will launch. It's already that will that will already launch yeah. by the time this comes out, yeah. 
but uh, just how he's got the approach of just like there's no there's no excuses. And Sonny Joe Lawrence as well, James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboys feedback on it. So those are two approaches and two podcasts you definitely would would tune into. But you know, my approach is uh if you love what you're doing, if you truly love it, like it's it's what fuels you, it fires you up, it it brings you joy, you smile, you um you feel swirly sensation inside, um, you feel some sort of attachment to it, um, then it will get you out the door the the connection of the feeling of what it of what it takes to accomplish that whatever it is when you make that connection it it should burn it, it should burn inside um, burning meaning it should fuel your desire and and I'm saying should um, but this is I guess my perspective um, you know I get up to move the body and train because I love to move my body. If you get down to the very uh, essence of it, and this is taking that you know very general approach, I like to move the body. However that needs to happen during the day is okay. I've detached from how it needs to happen. But I've done the work um, with myself inside through meditation, mindfulness, stillness, to see what it is that truly is getting me up and out the door. Because I, I understand the struggle, um, I can't say that I've experienced that in a, in a prolonged period of time of not wanting to get out. So, uh, but I have experience with at coaching athletes that find it difficult to really just lace up your shoes and get on the other side of the front door. And what it comes down to um, is that the habit and the belief system that you've built over time, um, something that says, uh, either time is not worth it, so the 10 minutes or 15 minutes you move the body is not worth it, or the feeling that you get after the workout is is not of value to you. Um, and a lot of times it's the comparable things, the not comparable things, the alternatives that have gained strength and power to pull you away from the very thing that you want to do. So if I want to get outside and run, the the power of um, being with my significant other, or taking time to prepare food, or um, watching television or Netflix, um, will if that's been the habit over time, that's going to pull you away. So it's discerning between those instances. So when this person's asking, like, how does the mind? What happens when the mind wants to create an excuse? Well, you really need to be present. And, and, and aware in that moment of like asking yourself, is this true? So yes, it's really hard to get out. I'm really tired. I'm really fatigued. It's been a long day. Uh, I'm pissed off um, about something. Um, the last thing I want to do is go outside. Sit there with that. Sit there for a moment in a breath. Take a deep breath. Interrupt the process. And if getting outside and moving the body, running, activity by cycling whatever it is if it if it if you're finding that the connection of it the the result of it is what brings you joy you must get out there and pursue that um the alternative to that is always i always come back to when um i'm injured or there's something that's disallowing me to chase my dreams and in those instances I really feel into, okay, what would life be like if I could not 
do this. And um, I find that it's, I know he's moving the thing. He's constantly moving my mic to the right as he shimmies up against the the table here. Um, but it's in those moments when I can't do something that is pulled away from me that I feel the urge to do something. So my question to you is why do you wait for the moments when you can't do something to want to do something? Why don't you just do it? Right? And I guess this is me talking to myself. And I've had enough of these setbacks over the years where now it's like, I just had one the other day where I, I got off the bike because I'm biking and running now. I got off the bike and I'm like, I should probably go for a run. I think I was with you. Yeah, I, we just come back from our ride. And, and I was like, my legs are kind of tired and you know, I can just maybe go run later or not do it at all. And you were like, you get outside and you run. <laughs> Um, like training is on. Training dude. is on. What the heck? And in the moment when I was out, I actually got outside, didn't even think about it, put the shoes on, got out. I realized this is one of those moments where I would have like kept myself from the very thing that I think about when I'm unable to have these activities. So you're better damn um straight <laughs> sure that I am out. You better damn better straight, damn straight sure. sure. Remember even... your medicine card today? What was it? Groundedness. You better damn straight sure. Oh, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> what were you um, trying to say? <laughs> what was I trying to say? Um, you damn straight better make sure. So <laughs> it was like a jumble. I'm just really positive uh, that I will make an effort to get out and run every day. Um, so if it's five minutes or ten minutes or a walk with Clark, I'm committed to that because you know in my recent experience with sensation, I haven't been able to do that. So it's my commitment. Uh, it's strengthening my commitment to move the body every day because I know what it's like when I can't. Yeah. So I think it's interesting for you to reflect on, you used to be like a motivation. You, you've always had inner motivation but you used to listen to motivating things like before a workout and stuff like that. But you don't do that anymore. No. So, like, what did you learn about that motivation? It's temporary. Like it needs. So what? So like it needs to come from the inside, right? Like internally motivated. Absolutely. Which is so what you are, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I can't even remember the last time I ran with headphones or listened to music or a podcast. Uh, it's been years mm. since I've done that. Um, I prefer to be with myself and strengthen that inner light. So for this question, what is that inner pull? What is the inner life force that is really moving you forward? And if you don't know it yet, um, really get curious about that. It's a great question. I mean, we I, I see athletes all the time be challenged with uh, taking that step forward. You know, and I always use the example of 15 minutes is less than 1% of your day. Yeah, that's so do powerful. You have less, do you have 15 minutes to commit to moving yourself forward? In the whole 24-hour period, do you have 15 minutes? Yeah, and moving the body is, for this person, and I'm not sure who sent this in, but for this person, um, it looks like they have, they said something about their schedule struggle. So they're, they're, I'm feeling struggle in this message. Like I'm feeling struggle. 
I see the word struggle itself. I see I have to force myself. And so I'm feeling like struggle and I'm feeling yeah. like um like in that it's a struggle because of the schedule, um, being tired, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know about the blah, blah, blah. Like I, I'm feeling some struggle in there. Um and I would introduce this because it, it sounds also that like this person has changed a pattern that maybe before they were making excuses and not being consistent and now they're kind of on the other side of that. And so I think that this is a really good place to be because they've shown themselves that they can get out of the consistency of not being consistent, right? Are you consistently not consistent? And to the like, I know I can force myself out the door and make it happen. And so I, what I feel intuitively for this person is what's that space in between? I think that space in between is going to be where your flow is and where there's not so much struggle. So what I mean by that is sometimes it's okay not to go out the door. And to, and that could be fearful. That could, that could be like f- kind of scary if somebody is used to not be consistent and now they're being consistent to say, well, wait a minute. Like if I don't go out the door tonight, then I'm not going to be consistent. But what I'm talking about is being in that space in the center, that center line where your every day is new. And even if the schedule is tough or the days are long or whatever it might be, every single moment is brand new. Every single moment, everything is changing in every single moment. But if there's things in our lives that are not changing and they're not satisfying to us, they are actually changing. They just keep changing to the same thing. So this might be a good way to begin to break up this thing that doesn't seem to be changing, which is sometimes it's really tough. And maybe it, to a degree, it's tough every day to get them out the door. So I would do, uh, I would look at a couple of things is really, well, it really comes from this one thing is the ability to begin to discern what is mind stuff and what is your intuition saying, you know what, tonight or today or this morning or this afternoon, we just need to say no to the run. And what does that leave you with? Is there guilt in there? Okay, well, there's your work. That's what needs to get cleaned up. Because if there's dissatisfaction that's underneath this struggle, that's actually what's dictating the reality. So it doesn't matter if you go for the run or don't go for the run. It's looking at what's underneath it. And it's okay to not always go for the run. Now, if you're somebody who's having trouble getting out the door, that's another conversation. But if you're getting out the door, but you're feeling like it's forced, force is a really harsh word. Uh, Remember, we're vibrational beings living in a vibrational universe. So the universe only knows what our vibration is. That's why I'm always saying, like, let's get underneath it. Let's get underneath it. 
because action doesn't matter vibration matters. So if we're taking action and we're hating every step of it and our vibration is dissatisfaction, then all we're doing is drawing in more reasons to feel dissatisfied in our life because that's just how it works. So if I'm sitting next to a physicist right now, they would absolutely 100% agree with me. These are the laws of nature. It's Newton's third law. You know, every action has an opposite and equal or equal and opposite reaction. So that's what's happening. So when I say we're vibrational beings in a vibrational universe, we are living that Newton's third law, right? So it's instead of saying every action, I'm saying every vibration, every feeling that we move from. So I would get curious about getting really skillful at what is mind stuff. So our thought life that is, you know, not helpful in that moment where you got to run on the plan and you're having hesitation in getting out the door. And our our high intelligence, our intuition that knows all that says, yeah, you know what? Get your shoes on and get out there or hey, listen, like the body actually needs rest right now. The body needs you to just do a really gentle yoga flow on your mat or your body needs you to do yoga nidra, or your body needs you to just take a walk. Just take a walk. So it's that ability to discern mind stuff from intuition. And you've got to try it out and test it in order to build it. Now, if this person meditates, a great way to to, uh, begin to increase your intuitive voice and your relationship to your intuitive voice is really what I'm talking about, is after your meditation, open your eyes and sit for another two to five minutes. It's like the longest two to five minutes of your life, I guarantee. And you just look around and you begin to merge your calm meditative self in with your physical surroundings. So in the face of a tough schedule, a struggle, a run that you don't want to do, you have more robustness to your meditative self, to your intelligence. And the and it's so gentle and it's just all knowing and you cannot doubt it when you really increase your relationship to being able to listen to that. It's so easy to see the mind stuff as opposed to the intelligence. So I hope I was clear. Mm, absolutely. So yeah, I would I would look at that. It's and and again, I think I would need more context. Um, I hope it was helpful. But that ability to know what's intuition and what's mind stuff, it's it's gold. It's absolute gold. I just recorded a podcast for season two about this. So that'll be coming. Okay. All right. Next question. Okay. If you could practice anywhere in the world, practice yoga anywhere in the world, where would it be? Location, beach, countryside, in a different country? Hmm. This is fun. Go ahead. I'm seeing myself like in Italy. And I'm seeing myself on a hillside with a lot of gorgeous nature around me overlooking the water. So that's the vision that I have coming in. And honestly, as long as it's music free (laughs) and it's warm, those are my two requirements. Like 
I uh, do not enjoy music in a yoga studio, in a yoga class at all. I've, I've taught at cl- I've, um, studios where they required music and it is like, <laughs> it is such a, it's such a game of mind mastery because it's such an incredible distraction. Um, so yes, as long as it's warm, why are you looking at me like that? You give me a weird look. As long as it's warm and it's quiet. And, and so for me, being outside in nature would be amazing. And warm meaning like perfect amount of humidity. I love humidity. I'm not, I don't like the desert. The desert doesn't do well. I don't do well in the desert. So that's where I am. Where are you? I'm in Italy. Where are you? Uh, first reaction is to be uh, probably on that, out on that pier uh, in Hanalei Bay in Kauai, um, just with my mat. Oh, I love that. With the, in, in preferably uh, early morning or late morning when the humidity is is high and working up a sweat. And, uh, oh, you can hear the waves, some birds. Uh, maybe the surfers are out. Mm. And uh, it's just me out on the pier. Coffee or no coffee? Uh, unlimited coffee. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, absolutely a must. Unlimited coffee. I feel like that, yeah, actually, that sounds like a pretty sweet Let's place. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do both of those. All right. I love that. What a fun question. I can just see that. My God, I can see it so clear in, in my mind, that vision. It was a peaceful spot, I think. Oh, the pier. I was back in Italy. But yeah, yeah. I love that. (laughs) I love that pier. And actually, we have a painting. So interesting when we, as you guys know, 2016, got rid of it all, moved into the fit. um, And BJ's mom had come over and she was not afraid to have a couple extra things in her house, right? Terry was not afraid of that. And um, she took two paintings. There was a couple more, but she took two paintings. And one we received of the ocean. I'm looking at it right now. Um, It's a gorgeous watercolor of the ocean. We received that from some friends for our wedding present. And then the other one I'm looking at is a painting that we got when we went to Kauai for our fifth anniversary. And it's got Hanalei. It's got that pier in it. And it's just so interesting to have those two paintings back in our life again. So when we were home for your mom's celebration of life, um, we uh, I had wanted I had been wanting that Hanalei one back, and yeah. it's so funny I found it. I did some digging and I found both of them. And, and it's funny back. it's right there in the hallway because I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I love that. When pier. I thought of that, um, when I thought of that, but yeah, I mean that's. I feel like we're going back spot. to Kauai soon. Yeah, I've got a feeling. Yeah, I too. do too. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Who wants to go? Um, do, all right. What? Do you want to, um, well, how's your training? Do you want to just finish it up yeah, with training? training? Yeah, we got about another five minutes or yeah, so. Just, because, because we're recording this early in the morning because Challenge Miami is on. So when I'm saying like we got five more minutes, it's because we got to get on that live broadcast. Yes. We love racing. Okay, so really funny. 
people are identifying me. They keep calling me a triathlete. They keep identifying me as a triathlete. This is really interesting. And I haven't made any claim on switching or whatever, but I'm most certainly training like a triathlete. And uh, I am going to be doing the mountain man sprint triathlete triathlon. Yeah. In when is it? July. It's in July. In the <laughs> <And> staff. <laughs> that and right now that's my comeback race. Don't and I'm just cold. doing the sprint. And I'm purposefully doing the sprint because my whole life I have been like, oh, there's a sprint. Oh, but there's also an Iron Man. Well, I'm just gonna do the Iron Man. So I'm like, no, purposefully just do the small distance. Like just do the shorter distance. And I know the whole time I'm going to be like, this is so hard. I wish I was doing the Olympic. But I'm pretty excited. So um, I feel like I'm getting really fit in the pool. Like I'm starting to get really fit in the pool. Um, really cool during the injury that took me out of running for like six months, I did a lot of walking and then I started doing heart rate training on the bike. And now that I'm running again, all that heart rate training and like, it's totally, it's working. It's so cool. It's working. I'm, when I'm running and I'm nose breathing, you know, like I'm just breathing through my nose and I look at the watch when it's not spiking to like 240 or whatever it does. I don't, I don't even care about that anymore. I did care about that one day at the math test. I had a total eruption, but, um, yeah, training's going really well. The heart rate is catching up. I'm feeling really good. I had a session with Lawrence Van Lingen, who was on our podcast, who is amazing. He works with like some of the best athletes in the world. And I got a chance to work with him the other day. He's so intuitive. He's definitely a healer. And um, he gave me some really good news about my body. He was just like, your spine is incredibly healthy and, and supple. Mm. And I believe that that's the Kriya Yoga technique that I do in meditation, which is the spinal breathing and also clearing my chakras, which are my energy centers throughout our astral spine. That's where we digest energy and experience in our life. We want to clean those things out every day and balance them. Um, and he also told me that I don't hold tension in my body, but that my diaphragm was tight. So he gave me a couple different exercises, did a little bit of work on my foot and my sacrum. And man, I'm just feeling really, really good. And I think the eating changes and all of that is, is just starting to come into its fruits. So it's like, just stay focused each moment, show up, do the swims or the bikes or the runs or whatever it is that you're doing and with as much neutrality as possible, right? Gratitude, vibrational being in a vibrational universe, and you'll get more reasons to feel those things in your life. And um, it's been many, many, many years in the making, uh, but I f I'm loving jumping back in and training like a triathlete. And I am getting back on the trails as my long run right now is like six miles, but I'm getting there and I'm feeling fit. I'm feeling some fitness coming in. So, yeah. I think there was a shift there in your swimming too, where you were just, as a trail runner, you were using it complimentary to keep you healthy and strong and, and balanced. And now that uh, I'd say over the past few months, we've sort of kicked that up to you're doing similar workouts to what um, the other triathletes on the team are doing. Um, you're you're reaping the benefits of the connectivity that you had with the water. You you stayed connected with it um, and weren't overindulging in it. And, you know, you're just getting doing the the simple things, the kicking, the vertical kicking, the 
a little bit of swimming here and there, the pulling. Um, but now you put it all together and, and then look at what you're doing in, in the, the pool. In the first, like, I don't know, maybe like the first six weeks of like getting back into training in the pool was like, it was hard. It wasn't that pretty, but you just stay with it. And uh, now I'm I'm feeling really fit. I'm feeling that triathlete body again, and I feel what I observed for many many years as a massage therapist. Which I'm kind of like a massage therapist again. I'm sure you will touch upon my skills. Um, I feel more balanced in my body. I lost that in those three years of like just focusing on. Running, 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 running. And yes, I always kept my touch in the water, but I really began to miss the bike. And I'm I'm loving that I can get fitness in ways that are not just running. I feel super fit right now, like I would if I was putting down a 45, 50 mile week, and I'm putting down like a 20 mile week of running. So it's the other things. But yeah, I love it. And also having an amazing coach. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, and how's York? Because training is on, dude, and that's why I was like, "What? Get out there and do the run." Yeah, like, I don't know why that was even a question. You want to go to work? You want to go to the championships? Right. Like, now that's a situation where you get your butt out the door because you've got this small eight week window, and you got to put the frosting on the cake, baby. Yeah, I, I, I love the pressure. I love eight weeks or seven weeks now. To- I love that. I kind of feel like I'm doing it too. <laughs> well, you're going to be there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, seven weeks to prepare for St. George. And then uh, quickly after that, it'll be an Ironman in Coeur d'Alene. So, you know, three weeks, uh, three months of not running and really just trying to figure out this thing in the body. And man, persistence and um, openness, you know, to all things. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've used all my tools in this experience, mindset tools, uh, connections with... Um, uh, healers, let's call them healers. And, you know, I've done strength and mobility. I've done, uh, yoga. I've done, um, acupuncture, uh, chiropractic care, uh, herbs, um, rest. Um, and then finally, um, and then even nothing and then all strength and like gone through all of it. Um, and then finally I went to go see Lawrence myself a couple weeks ago and really turn the corner on this opportunity in my body and understanding that it's not just one one fix and it's done you know I'm, i am allowed to to bike and run now uh, it, it feels much better on the body but it doesn't it's not a foolproof solution the solution is going to take time and like just touched upon you know i've got to do these exercises that are not really making big changes immediately. It's just long-term um, long-term things that I'm going to do every day that are going to allow my hips to, to move a little bit better and to breathe a little bit better and to open up some space between my ribs and my sacrum. Like, I, I think that I, the other day I said it, like Dr. Dave and Lawrence together is Gold. I did find the magic bullet. Yeah. Because what Lawrence does, Lawrence is a soft tissue specialist. He's like structural integration. So he works a lot he with moves the fascia. fascia. Mm-hmm. But he's the first one to say, like, I can move the fascia all day long, but unless you're like unless you're getting going underneath, getting deep enough, right? To to balancing your body, then I'm just gonna have to move the fascia again and again and again. Um 
But what he said the other day, which I loved, is he gives context. Like what he does in the two exercises he gave me gives context to all the strength I'm doing. It What he does is it allows the strength work that we're doing to relate directly to the running. Oh my God, he's amazing. He's such an intuitive dude. We had a really cool conversation um, the other day. But yeah, it's and you like you turned the corner in an instant. Which is that's what I love about injury. It's like it can change in an instant. It's just if we're gonna be fighting it, we're gonna it's gonna hang around for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, and I've I've been in resistance of it many times in the past, but this one I just knew. I really knew this like innately. I knew it that it was gonna be a quick fix. There's gonna be a, a point in time where it would shift, and then I'd be training. And so I prepared myself by swimming, by walking by doing what yoga I could and strength training I could to keep momentum moving forward. I mean, I've been swimming every day, 45-minute sessions, to keep this going because I knew it was going to happen where it was like a, a, a flick. And I'm prepared now to just really just dive into the things that are necessary to get me to um, the top of my age group come St. George. And uh, before we go, I would like you to let me know what you think of my massage skills. That's right. Yeah, massage has re-entered my life. <laughs> I think bad. we talked about it on the last podcast. We did. But it's amazing. I, I leave the table. Sometimes I pass out because it's just so good. Um, <laughs> but Jess is an amazing uh, practitioner. Like, She's a healer too. But do you feel like it's like the like I've got the same touch I had when yeah, I was absolutely. doing it? Like, yep. I, what I love anything. is when I remember a move. Like when I remember that scap, that subscapularis yeah. move the other day. <laughs> yeah, you're very talented. You're, that was fun. You're great at what you do. You yeah. haven't given me any back though. But Lawrence was showing me that you can do some work on my sacrum. All right. Well, we'll go back to Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll totally, I'll totally reciprocate. But it's been, yeah, uh, massage. That's the other thing. You know, back in my life, it's been super fun. I love it. I love the whole thing. I love this whole experience. I will, I will put together some sort of recap of it once St. George is over, just to gain some, you know, beginning and end to to this process. But it's been so um, uh, challenging and and um, gratifying, and um, it just makes me feel alive to be witness to the entire process. Yeah, and it's just it's meeting every moment brand new. And the more we do that, the better we get at it. And also, I love this idea of dying to your past every day. It doesn't exist. Die to your past every day and live right now and be defined by your vision of the future and who you want to be and and what you want to do in this life experience because it's short. And it can it can come to completion at any moment we don't really know when that will be so looking at every moment experiencing every moment and noticing how you feel in those moments is really the ticket to creating your life in a deliberate truthful loving and fully expressed manner <laughs>